0: Hey, Katie, did you know that we have listeners all over the world? I did. And I think that is so awesome. Most of our listeners are creative business owners in the US and Canada, primarily women in their 20s, 30s and 40s. I also love that so many of our listeners connect and engage with us directly on Instagram.
1: Oh my gosh, me too. And our listeners are looking to grow their creative brands, their Etsy shops, and to sell more of their art, which means they want to know all about the tools, the products, and online courses that can help them do just that. Exactly.
0: And we want to connect our listeners with coaches, businesses, and products that they can use to sell more of their own handmade products, make their lives
1: easier, and have more time to do what they love. Yep, that's why we're officially putting out a sponsorship call for this podcast. We're going to partner with a limited number of brands that are the perfect fit for our listeners. If you think your company's product or service is in line with our audience and you're interested in learning more about our brand partnerships, reach out to us on our website at shopstudiosisters.com or just click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Studio
0: Sisters podcast we're your hosts and sisters, Katie and Taylor. We travel the world, make beautiful things, and run our
1: online businesses. We're creative entrepreneurs and Etsy experts, and we are on a mission to help you make meaningful income online and to create what you love. On the Studio Sisters podcast, we will dive into all things Etsy, running an online business, making money, creating while traveling, and growing your brand. We want you to leave this podcast with more confidence in yourself, your online small business, and the belief that your creative dream life is possible for you. So let's do this.
0: friends katie here today we are so excited to begin our new interview podcast series interviews are something that we are really excited about expanding into because there are so many other creative business owners out there with so much to share and we know you're going to love hearing their stories tips and tricks today we are interviewing a brilliant artist and wisconsin native and creative business owner rachel christopoulos Rachel is an artist whose work really stands out to us. We think her use of color is amazing and that you can really tell how passionate she is about it. She paints a lot of really amazing portraits in her very unique style where she combines somewhat traditional subjects with fun, vibrant colors and bold brushstrokes. Rachel is also the founder of The Creative Bones, which is a community for artists and collaborations, which is actually how I know Rachel. Last year, I was a part of her arts community, and it blew me away how great the membership was. And you'll hear us talk about that in the episode. Let's get started.
1: Hey, Rachel, welcome to the Studio Sisters podcast. Thank you.
2: I'm very excited to be here.
1: Okay, our first question for you
0: is Who are you as an artist, and how did you get started in oh. art?
2: the deep hard ones who are you and how did you get started um you know when i was i was thinking about this question and i feel like it's really common to say like oh, i've always been creative and that's kind of my leaning i don't think that that's me like i can't go back and i i know from childhood i uh, always thought my older sister was the creative one like she was really good at bubble letters and like highlighter flowers and I was always in awe of her skill, so I didn't actually really do anything quote-unquote artsy until probably middle school. And in middle school, I was given uh, a watercolor set, and I ended up somehow taking lessons for quite a few years in traditional Chinese watercolor. And that's like how I got started in art. But I also carried with me the belief that art wasn't really a career. So even though I had promptings um just to, you know, you should sell your art. You should do something with it. Like you should become a card designer. I got that one all the time. Mm-hmm. Even though I had those Um, I, you know, always kind of was like, this is not a stable career. So by the time I graduated, I was planning, um, on going into nursing and that's what I was working on. And then, um, life happened and I dropped out. And by the time I was, um, engaged, I felt like I was ready to give it a shot. Like I had dabbled with art. I did sketchbooks still. I journaled, but, you know, it's like you you have all these art supplies and you're like, I finally want to do something with it. I just want to see if I can make something of myself as an artist. So that was about four years ago now where I started working on my business and actually showing up for myself and, you know, I am an artist type thing. That's the yeah. long answer to that
0: one.
1: Well, I think it's really amazing that you said that was only about four years ago because... Um, that can seem really fast that you are so well known. And and then you have so many like different avenues of income stream as an artist in just four years. But also four years is a long time to make that progress at the same time.
2: Yeah, I I think that, you know, you have all that work that you do off this off the screen, you have so much um, that you're involved in that you never share, like, throughout that long break, um, where I was just working and involved in a different career like I was still dabbling in paint um I was still trying things out nothing serious just a therapy just a hobby um and we forget about all of those little moments and we kind of think that day 1 of announcing your business is literally day 1 of getting to work but we do so much work and we're involved in so much before we actually get to Opening our stores doors and sharing all
1: you know all those things that we've collected over the years with others. I think that that's such a great point. If there's um, one thing that maybe people don't realize about any small business, but also being an artist is there there is the the grand opening day, but the before time and the after time of that are all kind of a blur. There's a lot in progress that people don't see. So um, for those of our listeners who don't know you. Um, one of the things that you do is called the Creative Bones, and that's an online art community. Uh, could you describe that? Tell me what it is.
2: Yeah, um, I would describe it as just a platform or space or a group of artists who just want to learn and grow and be honest and authentic with each other. That, in its simplest form, is what I want it to be. And then, like, my goals for the group, for all of those artists in that space, is just to make them feel capable as they're learning and growing and doing these things, that they really have that belief and confidence in themselves so that when they leave the community, they know that they can, they have what it takes to keep going and you know, continue to pursue their art on their own. Like, they don't need any one thing to do it. They're able, they, themselves, and them.
1: Mm-hmm. That is super cool. Do you think that um, – I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, what what are they doing as a practice when they're in that community to sort of gain that confidence? What do people do while they're in there to actually make that happen? Um, I
2: would say that there is a lot of conversation um, and a lot of shared ideas, not just from me, but from other people in the group wanting to share their insight, their experience. And I think that that's a really invaluable way to learn and grow. So conversation, um, there are, of course, little courses in it and we have live coaching calls where we work on more um, personal approaches to whatever they're struggling with and a lot of interacting with each other through the group chat or our collaboration pods or our small calls or our shows, um, really working on connecting them and helping them build their community because I want them to feel like they have a space where they can reach people and find customers and grow as an artist and they don't need to always be you know, relying on something else to do what they want to accomplish.
0: Yeah, when I was in the community, like my fa- absolute favorite thing was how engaged everyone was with each other. Like we could ask a question and then everyone would answer it. Like it was really great.
2: Yeah, you don't just, I never want people to just hear from me because then you're just hearing what I think. And I think it's so important anytime you're seeking to learn to listen to all the different perspectives and approaches and experiences. So I love that the group takes the time to genuinely connect with each other and share their answers and not just wait for me to you know, give the final word because that's what I don't want it to be that. I want it to be more of an open forum type place.
1: Yeah, and it definitely seems that way. I was um, super excited to talk to you about this because I had heard from Katie, like when she was participating in the Creative Bones, that how how highly engaged the people in the platform are. So we were really excited to learn from you as the um, person who you know built this platform. You know how do you get that engagement? So before we talk about that, because I would love to have you share some tips. Before we talk about that, I had one more question. I know that you mentioned your goal is for people to, you know, grow and gain the confidence to the point that they can um, become an artist and make income and, you know, succeed with their creative goals independently. Mm -hmm. But um, why did you choose to uh, create this platform? What made you make the decision that this is the way that I'm going to do that? Um, This one is
2: like, this question is a little harder for me to answer because of how this idea came about. And some of it I can share and some of it's in the works, but the sure. stuff that I can <laughs> the stuff that I can share um, is like I'm I have spent so much of my art business, you know, working on achieving things because I always knew that I wanted to share and help others. And so licensing and getting published and working with companies and stuff like that, it wasn't necessarily out of a personal goal, but like a desire to be able to help somebody who had, that was actually their goal to be able to help them. In um, 2020, I, I kind of took a pivot. I wanted to focus on my own artwork and my own portfolio and push really the core of my business further and continue to develop it because I felt like it was becoming too repetitive and I just wasn't able to innovate in the same way. So I was talking with a friend one day and, and sharing about how, you know, I love talking with beginner artists and just helping them get their business together, but I don't have as much time anymore. And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe coming up with a a space or something where they can ask their questions and I can answer them. But if I'm getting paid, then I have to show up and I have to be here and I have to be working on that stuff. So there's an exchange here that will keep me accountable and then also benefit me. And so that's kind of how this Creative Bones platform was born, um, just out of wanting to still be approachable and still connect with other artists and still be able to help them find their footing. But be able to push my artwork too because I know when you are pushing your artwork and you're working on becoming a, a good artist and your your artwork increases in demand and your projects and stuff like that, it can feel like you're less approachable and like maybe you're snobby, which would be horrible for me. But because of how that can kind of come off and look when you don't have the time to engage, I wanted to have a specific space where i could still intentionally connect with the people i've grown to become friends with really um i wanted that space where i could still do that and not lose that but also continue to push my artwork forward
0: yeah i totally understand that feeling
2: yeah it's so a- it just kind of came
0: about
1: like that. it just kind of came about like that well i think that's really cool that you're able to um share you know this this idea and this commitment to I do want to help and share other artists, but also showing up for yourself as an artist and saying in order to grow, I have to set, you know, a reasonable balance for myself. Um, And whenever someone is paying for a membership, whether that's like I like, I pay for Patreon for certain podcasts. I'm not going to lie. True crime podcasts are my <laughs> ultimate guilty pleasure. Um, and there's a couple of like smaller podcasts that I support on Patreon. Um, and whether that's, you know, content that I'm paying for or a membership that I would be paying for, like as the um, person who wants to receive the help asking them to pay, um, even, you know, whether it's a sm- really small amount or or not. It gives them skin in the game. So you were saying like it holds you accountable because you're getting paid, but it also gives them accountability because they are paying for it. So they truly want to make the most out of the financial investment that they're putting into the membership too.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a really good point to make because it's, you know, in the beginning it's hard to ask for money. You feel anytime you ask your audience for anything at the beginning of the journey, you feel like it's too much. And it could even just be like like, like my post and we feel like that's a huge burden. But I think um with this introduction of Patreon and how it's growing, it's really become such a great platform to condition the world who's receiving a lot of artwork for free all the time to begin to compensate in a way where more artists can thrive and really have businesses that are growing and they're doing what they love because we're starting to step up and ask for money. And it doesn't always have to be hundreds and thousands of dollars, but it can be a dollar a month and every little bit helps. And I think that that's just a good way for you as an artist to stay accountable and get confident asking for the sale and seeing your worth, um, with your business, but also for other people to, you know, recognize the value that we provide and give away every day without asking for
1: much in return. Mm I mean, 100%, I agree with you. I think this is the, the future of content, um, from individuals because, we are now finding ways to say like, okay, I care about this and this has value. So in order for me to make sure that the thing that I love sticks around, like I want a way to support it on a micro level. So I 100% agree with you. This is such an amazing thing that's happened in the past year these kind of things like Patreon and micro subscriptions. And I'm really excited to see what creative people do with it in the future.
2: Oh yeah. I think it massively benefits us in many, many ways.
0: Alright, so in your community, you do weekly content, right? So what is your process for like coming up with all of that content? And do the community members contribute to ideas? Or like, how do you come up with it?
2: Um, so each month, um, I know how frustrating it can be being in a membership, like having content teased and really joining for like one topic you want covered. So I know how frustrating that can be. So, um, like I mentioned earlier, having an open forum. So I usually float a couple topics, um, that I think are relevant to what's going on or what we're working on. And um, see and members can vote for them and I see which ones they're interested in. So for February, they all chose, well, most of them chose to have voice be our topic. So messaging and writing captions and learning how to tell your story. And that's what our focus will be. And I'll kind of break down the main components of it and then expand on each component um, every Monday so that they can decipher and work through it during the week without feeling like they're missing anything um, if they don't get to it right away at the beginning of the week.
1: Mm -hmm. That ties into actually my next question perfectly since you mentioned that your audience was interested in um, narrative and sharing their stories. um, For someone who has an audience or a community like Patreon or or anything else that we're talking about, like even a newsletter um, list. Um, Do you have any tips on how to increase the engagement of the people that are um, in your audience? How do you get them to do more than just look and listen, but actually engage?
2: Um, I really think that, you know, as the sole business owner and employee, that we have a responsibility to, you know, show our. Um, potential customers and audience and community how we want to engage with them and then give them ways that they can engage back. And it's scary in the beginning because like I mentioned, you don't want to make those asks, but we do have to take the initiative and model, like I'm going to go do an Instagram live, you know, here are some questions I'm going to answer. What are you curious to know? And getting them to engage and repeatedly asking them because it does take time to build that engagement and that trust with their audience so that they know if they message you, they have a good chance of hearing back from you or a good chance of getting help from you. And I think that that's really the most important thing. Like, Share with them the ways that you want to engage with them or the ways that they can connect with you and continuously extend that invitation to them so that they're always being reminded of it. So they're always being prompted to um, just like connect with you in those ways. Were you ever a teacher, Rachel? I taught swim lessons. Does that
1: count? Totally. (laughs) Totally. I I heard a little bit of a, I'm a past educator, and I heard a little bit of that in there where, you know, you're modeling behavior, you're showing people what you want them to do, showing them how they're supposed to respond. And you have to do it more than once. You can't just put it one Instagram question up. And if you only get one or two people responding like don't get discouraged you have to do it more than once it as you said it takes a lot of time it's all true though <laughs> yeah
2: i um i have to throw out
1: my friend jen who she
2: labeled that term where i was saying you have to you have to do what you want them to do first and she's like we call that modeling in the teacher world so she <laughs> gave it a name for me and she made me get on top of the lingo but you're exactly right we have to take the initiative we can't expect um, internet strangers to do exactly what we want if we never
0: tell them exactly what we want
1: 100 mm-hmm. percent agree with that
0: <laughs> all right so what is the biggest surprise that you have had since starting the creative bones community like what surprised you about it
2: oh uh, all of it <laughs> um it, from like conception to where it is, it's just, you know, it's snowballing on itself like all ideas do. When you give them room to, to breathe and you begin to act on them, that's when they take on their own image and just really thrive how they're supposed to. So, I, But I would say um, originally it was going to be like a Facebook group. So I mean, Patreon was kind of that biggest surprise where I was like, okay, I might be able to make that work and not have to use Facebook, which would be awesome. People are exhausted when it comes to Facebook, Um, and then just like probably the response too, because it's something new. It's not something I, you know, foresaw in my my future. I didn't see it happening. I didn't see myself having like a membership, Um, and, and so that. Kind of surprised me too, and just how much um, people have learned and how much I'm learning about, you know, really working on a community space and how I can cultivate it so others can thrive. Because you do spend so much time in your business cultivating so you can thrive and you can do what you want to do. But with this community, it does have a very outward focus on how we can thrive as a group.
0: Yeah, I really loved like how all the different artists, like there were so many just different amazing artists and they all had their different styles, but like they collaborated within the group.
2: Oh yeah, it's so cool to see them come together. There's so many, there's textile designers and graphic designers and painters and I don't think we have any ceramic artists yet, but I'm sure they'll, I'm sure we'll get one someday and earrings and... um just seeing how many different things people make and hearing their stories and how they got started or why they're looking for this space and you know just being able to see really the honesty cuz you don't always you don't always get those authentic connections just you know in a comment section or in a dm but having a safe place for artists to talk about their rough day or that horrible, you know, email that they got sent having that space so that we can all rally around each other and really just lift each other up has just been it's a really cool thing to watch.
1: Mhm. So if if I was saying, "Man, I just wish I could just be in this amazing like coffee shop full of all of these people who do different creative things that inspire me and are sharing ideas and sharing business questions, and they're all helping each other. And it's just like a bunch of really awesome people. Is that a good description of the creative bones? (laughs) Yeah,
2: I think that I mean, that like, that's my favorite place to be like a coffee shop, just bustling with like creative (laughs) people wanting to have a conversation. So I'd like to think that that's exactly what it is.
1: I'm sure that there are a lot of people sitting there with their with their coffee, even though you know, it's all virtual. But Um, I wanted to uh, change topics just a little bit uh, because as Katie and I have launched our podcast, it's been really interesting to hear the responses of like other artists and people have, you know, just wonder like, why are you sharing information? So on on your own site, you mentioned how you sort of have a vision for the future of Creative Bones for a 100% collaborative platform where artists share their creative ideas and their inspiration, but also specific information about industry and how to sell their art. And I just wanted to say like how bold that was because we have very recently run into quite a few people saying like, you should not share this information. You shouldn't give it away um, paid or unpaid and um, to other artists or other business owners uh, because You're sharing how you make your money or how to increase sales. And to me, that feels like we're in this awful competition um, that I don't agree with. But I just wondered, like, what makes you go against this idea and say, no, I'm going to share business specific information?
2: I just, you know... I could tell you exactly how I make my money, or the give you the exact pitch I sent for a licensing deal, and you could replicate it. And there's still no guarantee it would work for you, because creative careers—they're just too individual. They're too attached to who we are as as people, and. Our art reflects, you know, our essence, something very, very individual and unique to us. And, you know, sharing something that can now be Googled, like you can find a lot of this stuff, but you have people in your community who look up to you or who trust your insight and opinions and they, they want to know how you do it. I think that it's important to share it because scarcity serves no one. You know, when you're believing, like, if I tell you how I paint or mix my color, you'll copy my work and then people will just buy from you and they'll never buy from me again. That's going to hurt you way more than it's going to hurt somebody else. We all find our own footing. And, you know, having a collaborative platform, the idea, again, ties back to that capability. I'd love to be like a Like a middleman. I'd love to be a place where people can test their ideas, their courses, or exclusive um, collection launches or collaborations. I'd love to be a place where they can test these ideas and work with somebody who will approach it like a bigger brand and they can get the experience and the feedback that you don't always get when you work with somebody really big or when you pitch and you never hear back. So I'd love, I'm focusing on. You know, collaborative and sharing what you know because that benefits everyone. It benefits you. And I don't know if you've ever read Show Your Work by Austin Cleone, but he talks about this idea too. Like when you share your work and you're open about your creative process, people aren't, you know, looking to it to just steal your secrets. I'm sure there are some slimy people out there doing that, but the majority of people will just pass that along, but they'll pass it along and say, I learned this from this person. And they become genuine cheerleaders for you and your brand because you're sharing something because you want them to thrive. And then they share it because they're appreciative of what you're doing. So just think like, we have to push back against that if you share anything how you mix your colors how you paint or how you draw or whatever people will just steal your secrets and you'll go out of business cuz that that cutthroat attitude that does not really apply to the creative industries it's just it's there are some people who do that but 99% of the people who interact with your stuff they're not out to steal everything they're out to learn and become their own artist
0: yeah, I agree. Like, even if you show someone else, like, your process of doing it, when they do it, it's going to be like completely different. So, like, you're not going to show them how to steal your work. Right. I mean, copying
2: happens. You do that. Ha- that's how we learn. We've all done that. We've all dealt with that. We all get that experience. But, they don't ever, nobody ever stays in that place. Mm -hmm. They always, innovation is such a huge part of the creative process and they do learn to push their work further. They do learn to, you know, add more colors to it or bring in another brushstroke. And that's part of the creative journey. We can't just expect people to be level zero and then 100 and figure it out on their own because we all need ideas and information from elsewhere to help us we just don't know what we don't know
0: yeah also just a little side note for our listeners if you haven't read austin cleon's books like they're totally worth reading
2: read all of them i think he has three unless he has another one that i missed but they're all good
1: we'll put them in the show notes um that is such like a great way to understand and explain that um that even if someone's you know, tries to copy you. It's not going to be identical because everyone is different. You know, everyone is an individual, even if they are trying to, you know, replicate what you do. But also from the business perspective, because um, that's kind of what I focus on. Abundance is good. Market competition is good, especially for handmade people. If there is an item or a seller that's similar to you, that's popular, that's good for you because it means that people are finding value in the kind of things that you sell or the kind of things you make. So I, you know, I, we operate from this position of like a rising tide lifts all boats. It is all good for all of us.
2: Yes. And building off of what you said with that market competition, I tend to approach it where if there's somebody doing something similar to you, like on the surface, it might it might look the same. You know, you might be in the same category, but when you begin to get specific, when you begin to identify where you shine or where your personality shows up or where your experience in your journey really makes it your own, that does nothing but build confidence in who you are because you have to be aware of those differentiating factors and the ones that really
1: pump value into your business and your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How to be authentic. Okay. So here's a fun question. If you had an extra $1,000 in your creative small business budget for this month, how would you spend it?
2: You know, my first answer to that was going to be save it, but <laughs> I, I I was like, okay, it's an extra $1,000. What would I do with it? And the next thing that came to mind was a creative retreat. Like, I want to go on a creative retreat so badly that just sounds like the most rejuvenating thing right now. Preferably something warm. Like it's the middle of winter in Wisconsin. I I want the beach. I I want to, you know, just have community with other people. I want to be creative and, and find new inspiration. So I was like, all right, it would be a creative retreat, hands down.
1: We love that. Like, we are all about creative retreats. <laughs> every every time we're together, we're like, okay, how can we turn our trip or one day or like one afternoon into a creative retreat? Like, can we just go somewhere with just supplies and just do that? We're actually doing that tomorrow. We're going to the Florida Springs and there's manatees and we're
0: bringing our travel journal. So it'll be fun.
2: Man, am I jealous right now. That sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> I told Katie, though, I said, it's going to be really cold. And he said, how cold? And I said, like, maybe 60. It's literally like two degrees
2: out here right now. (laughs) 60 feels like summer. It'll be
0: so nice. What is on your studio desk or table right now? Like, what are you currently working on?
2: Oh, well, right now it just looks like a horrific mess. Um, (laughs) But I I have a couple different projects on my desk. It's big enough to hold them all. Um, I'm working on a Valentine's Day series of, I'm painting men, which is a bit of a rare subject matter in my corner, but painting some celebrities, um, trying to make them like how it used to be in middle school, high school, where you'd go out and buy posters and you'd draw all over them and write, write your name with their last name, like, That kind of corny, romantic, um, slightly embarrassing, you cringe at it now feeling. So I'm working on some portraits um, with uh, that feature, um, commissions. And then I'm also playing with some floral portrait hybrids. I think that's the best way to describe them. Um, I'm painting just a whole bunch of heads, half heads with flowers coming out of the top. Every February, I paint florals. And this year, I wanted to work on combining it a little more with my portrait work. And this is what we've ended up with just heads as flower pots, which sounds a little creepy, but so far so good.
0: No, it sounds surreal, which I absolutely love. So I can't wait to see more of those.
2: Yes. I am all about surreal work, but it does take a special type of audience to really vibe with it because Dolly is not for everyone.
1: (laughs) Well, Dolly's for me anytime. I'm perfectly happy with that.
0: (laughs) Me too. All right. So what is one thing that you're personally learning right now? Um, I would
2: definitely say balance. and that is actually my word for twenty twenty one I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner. I have big roles in my life now, and learning how to balance them so they don't, you know, just take over one of the other ones. It's a learning process. so, I am learning how to not take on too many projects, to not spend too much time in my studio, to not just completely ignore people or ignore my work, but find a balance that works for me and still allows me to show up and be intentional in each area of my life.
1: Is there one specific thing that you are now um, doing or practicing to help you improve on that? Um, I try to turn off my phone
2: by 4pm. And my phone is how I do a lot of work. So you know, a lot of photography, um, engaging on social media, checking emails, um, just texting people, having it off by four and the sun setting Kind of ends my day because I don't like to work when it's completely dark out. I don't like the lighting, um, so just you know, my phone goes off. I'm out of this studio, and I can focus on my family and things around the house. That has been a huge help. I I hate getting my screen report every week because I just like I just get all tense till I see how much I've spent on my phone because I never like the amount that I see. I'm like that's just too much time a day to be on my phone even though I do work on it. I'm like I don't want to be on my phone this much. I want to be, you know, with my hands in the paint or playing with John. Like I want to be doing other things than than scrolling or checking
1: emails. Oh, me too. I I recently turned on that screen time notification uh, a couple weeks before Christmas and like you, like many creative entrepreneurs, I, a lot of my business is down on my phone and I just dread when it, when the notification pops up to see if this week I spent more time than last week and it went down. I took two and a half weeks off completely off of work, um, at Christmas and it went so far down and it was so great. And then ever since January's happened, the time has just creeped back up of how much screen time I have on my phone. And it's primarily for business. And so you feel good about that because you clearly can see results in engagement or you know, um, emails or just people interested in what you're doing or customers. But at the same time, it's I know. a challenge.
2: It's, yeah, at the same time, you're like, oh, like... I did a lot of really great things this week, but also I hate this number I'm seeing. And so, um, you know, just like getting clear on goals and priorities and like not just opening apps to open apps or just get lost in scrolls like, okay, why did I open my phone right now? Was it out of habit, which a lot of the time it is. And so I'm just like, okay. I set time limits on all my apps like my screen goes dark to that like night mode at a certain time and I hate that and so it's all just very helpful to
1: get me off my phone. (laughs) and spend more time as you said with your family or creating or or anything else that's just cutting down on that phone time I think is important
2: yeah they're just they're like my phone is everywhere and especially in the studio like it's become really important for me to uh, like put it on almost airplane mode a lot of the time so that I can do like a painting sprint so I can paint for an hour without Stopping to update my Instagram story or share what I'm working on, and that's been really helpful too. Because you go to update your story on Instagram, and then you see what your good friend posted or what somebody's working on, and, and you love it, and that can affect that flow state. So, like that was a big one too. Mm-hmm. That happens to me a lot. I feel like it just happens to everybody. It just happens.
1: Probably, yeah. <laughs> and one of the. Problems of our modern technology. It's good, but it's not good. Uh, Rachel, yeah. <laughs> this has been so awesome to talk to you. I know that our listeners are going to be super interested in like t- learning about your community and, you know, our conversation about like knowledge sharing and um, investing in, you know, connections with other creative people or other business owners so if someone is really interested in the creative bones and they're thinking like sign me up for that that sounds amazing or if they're interested in your coaching and mentoring services what can they do and where can they find you um, so you can obviously go to
2: the website, which is just creativebones.com, and you can find resources on one-on-one coaching and the community and other things in the store. As far as joining the community, the doors are going to be open um, the first week in February, and then the membership won't open again probably until April. Um, but if you hop on our email list, which you can find a link, to subscribe at the bottom of our homepage on our website, like you'll get the updates, you'll see what we're working on. And occasionally, we do have uh, community events that, even if you're not in the group, you can still partake in them and kind of see how we interact and what we do as well.
1: Awesome. We'll link all of that in our show notes too for our listeners so that they'll be able to easily find mm-hmm. your information. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't talk about? I don't I don't think so
2: unless you can think of anything else we forgot to cover. I feel like we got through a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, this is really great. Like you're so full of knowledge and willing to share. like it's just amazing talking to you.
2: Like you said, a rising tide lifts all boats. like everybody benefits from the stuff I benefit, you benefit, the people listening benefit and that just helps us all thrive as creative entrepreneurs.
1: That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun.
0: Hey, friends, just an FYI. If you're a new listener to this podcast, you might not know that we sell planner stickers and weatherproof stickers in our Etsy shop, hand designed by me, Katie. Many of our stickers are inspired by the incredible natural places that I've traveled to, such as Mount Rainier in Washington State or the beaches of Puerto Rico. I'm just so inspired by magical natural places. Do you want to shop our stickers? You can shop our Etsy shop or on our website. Find the link to Shop Studio Sisters in our show notes.